David and his mighty men. Very interesting thing. And I'd like to tell you something. Personally, I don't like um, things like I gave somebody a word that did not come to pass. I prayed for somebody that did not work. I don't like those things. The thing there, if you're a thief, steal well. You understand? Have you heard of Hash Papi? He said they, 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 they arrested him with 37 million cash dollars. Cash with him. Because this one, when he goes to prison, he, is, he doesn't have any issue. But you stole spoon, you are now in 10 years. You are not stealing well. Bible says, whatsoever your hand find it to do, do with all thy might. You understand? So if your, your hand find it to steal, steal with all thy might. So that when the day you are arrested and they slap, you know that this slap is equal. You know, it will pain that you stole something small and they slap you big. Injustice. So you have to make sure that you are, the, the judgment warrants the sin. So I don't like, when I became born again, I became very cautious about those things. Like, I can't, okay, if you say born again is all about heaven, then I know that I have to close my mind on things like prosperity. I have to close my mind, greatness. I have to close my, but when I came in, you said, no, there is a provision for greatness. There's a provision for glory. There's a provision for grace. So, okay, if it must be done, it must be done well. You get it? So I started applying myself to the word of God. I've told this time and again. I started applying myself to the word of God. So I personally don't like, I've given a title. Like sometimes we, we, we you know, some people have a program. Seven days of power. You go there, nothing. Do you understand? Have, have you been in such meetings before? Seven days of prophecy. You will go. They, me, if I come Instagram, I say, Prophet Jedidah is around. You know that's uh, You know, sometimes when people see us teaching, they think we, we can't prophesy. So, what we say? So, because... Uh, so, sometimes, I come on announce. Because sometimes when you tell people, I'm coming to prophesy, everybody wants to prophesy. See? So, sometimes I come on announce. I say, okay, okay, okay. All right, let's do it quick, quick. All right. And honestly speaking, this is the grace God gave me. When I'm prophesying, I don't necessarily need music. You understand? Some prophets will sing, 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 and the prophetic will come there. No, 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 no. By the Spirit of God, we switch it on and switch it off by the grace of God. So you can remember in the IG live sessions, we travel even to South Africa. We say, You speak more. I couldn't, I couldn't even pronounce it. Because I see more than I hear. So I can see the spirit will spell it to me. So I saw saucer. Saucer. Because I didn't know that that's X there. Then, that's South African like saucer. So I said, young lady, you speak saucer. He said, yes, sir, I sing saucer. <laughs> hey. You know the same way Nigerians too don't understand how we say tree. They don't understand that it's not part of their language. So they say, hey, you speak three. You understand? So they go to Mosa. All right. I'm saying this to say something. I make sure I hear from the Spirit of God before I name meetings. 
So check all the meetings you have. If I say it is three days of healing, you will hear healing testimony. Pneumatica is windy nights. So you can see that people's testimonies. A wind blew in my room. A wind blew in my room. Have you heard it? Yes, it's windy nights. When you see Super Sunday, it is really super. And when you hear three days of faith and power, faith will come, power will come. No missing of words. So when the Lord gives me, I make sure I wait on the Lord for him to tell me because God is never committed to what he didn't say. So if you say that God said three days of faith and power, all right, and God never said it, you come on the three days of faith, God will not show up. You ask him, say, ah, I've not said anything. You understand? Initially, I even said it was three days of faith. If Thelma will tell you. Then one day I was praying and God said, it is in power. So that those who could not activate their faith at the point of the teaching, God still cares about them. He uses power to solve their problem. So, God gave me uh, David and his mighty men. So quickly, I will just touch on one or two things so that we can strengthen our faith. God loves a certain kind of people. We will talk about it during this meeting. The, the, the certain kind of people, this is how they are. They are running and they fall. And they stand up and they continue. God loves those people. He just, he just loves those people. He prefers them to those who fall. What is wrong with me? God doesn't like those people. God likes people, I fall falling, I stand up, I dust myself, I move. That is why it is one of the characteristics of children. And Jesus Christ said, it is only people with the likeness of children who enter into the kingdom. So God looks forward to some of those things. It's one of the characteristics of children. He tries to walk. He's not able to walk. He falls. He stands up. There are even some children, when you even try to help them, they say no. They want to stand on their own. They want to do it. They fall. They stand up. They fall. Some get hurt. They stand up. They continue until they become what they are looking for. So, don't let the things that happen within your uh, your your um, development. Don't let them hinder you. You know, there's anything that happened when you are developing and you let them hinder you. Like, you are trying to make something happen and you fell and you have to stand up. You know, and you make those things hinder you. Don't let those things hinder you. Bible says, because we have received this ministry, he said that we are going to run this race. He said, let us lay aside every weight. He said, and sin that easily entangles us. You put it down. You try to move. You, you can't move because of the weight. You put it down. You got, move. Move. The, the most important thing is still be making moves. Still be making moves. Don't let those things hinder you. Don't let those things hinder you. And don't propound theories that don't exist because of your experiences. For example... Because you find out that you keep praying and you are unable to pray long hours, you say you are not the praying type. Who told you? You know, one, one day I put, I intentionally put on, on uh, a thing on one social media, I've forgotten which one, and I put which one works for you: prayer, worship, uh, meditation. Word. A lot of people are saying worship, worship. Lazy people, lazy Christians, lazy. Why name Mwenya Papa. Oh, worship works for me. Fair, fair, no. Fair, no. Who can? That one that is not sweet, you know. Then, when we sit, ah, 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 start crying. You think that that one is rather spiritual? When you papa. Who doesn't like it? So, you think that we are praying, what is wrong with us? Let me tell you something. It's like a child who tries to walk and he keeps falling down. He says, I'm not a walking type. Is something wrong? Isn't there something wrong with that child? 
Will you agree that you're not a working type? You are the working type. You just need to try, keep trying hard. Because you see, when God doesn't train you in prayer, you, you will never have conquest. If God doesn't train you in prayer, you will never conquer. You never have conquest, like conquer a territory. No, I'm not saying worship is, but I'm I'm a I'm a worship. I'm a worship. And somebody say he's a fight. Me, I'm a worship. You understand? I'm I'm a worship. I sleep in my room. I can worship. I know song. I'm not know how to introduce song to people. Me, I I I I, I look for songs where you cannot find it, and I find songs. I love worship. You understand? But I've seen that. Prayer, you need to develop a discipline for prayer. There are times you are praying and songs come into your heart to sing. Keep quiet, pray. There was a day, there was a day, there was a day, and I had a camp when I was a fellowship leader. So I said, we are praying for two hours. So these things I'm doing, is not today. So I said, we'll pray for two hours. So as we're praying, we're praying, one lady, she doesn't know that my prayer meeting, they don't sing. So she was praying now, uh, you know, when the battle was too soft for her, you know, the way it's supposed to go. She said, you're the name above. I said, there's no any name over here. <laughs> there's no name over here. Keep praying. It's a discipline. Prayer is a labor. You understand? You, every Christian needs that culture. So don't say it, you are not the praying type. What do you mean that you are not the praying type? No, me, my own is worship. When I worship, Share. Who doesn't like it? There's a difficult part of it where we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers. Those ones is not they don't play. You know, I'm gonna say, ah, so why don't I just worship? Let me tell you something. There is a worship that comes out of the place of prayer. That is the worship that can win. Because it does not work because it is a song. It works because the Holy Ghost gave it to you. You see, most of David's psalms and songs, he got them in a place of prayer. If you want to write songs that will shake the world, if you like, call yourself for seven days fasting and prayers. Put your talent aside. Behave like you're a fool. And put your talent aside. Call seven days fasting and prayers. You alone. And say, God, give me songs. Within the seven days, you might not get a song. But you know what? You have downloaded. It will come out. It will come out. You have downloaded something. Remember what I said. I said, we have no confidence in the flesh. Me, my talent and my abilities are the least things I trust in. That's why I pray a lot. Praise the Lord. So, David and his mighty men. There's a passage of scripture like that, David's mighty men. I said, no. I said, the Lord told me to talk about David and his mighty men. So today we are talking about David. David and his mighty men. Luke chapter 1. I shared this scripture with the ladies at the ladies conference. It was a powerful time. They are special people. Luke chapter 1. You know, David was an amazing person. When you, see, when you read the Bible, when you read the scriptures, one of the things you should look out for is the testimony of God. In Psalm 119, sometimes God will say, um, David will, will be uh, 
writing, and you say, thy testimonies are, what is it, thy testimony? That means God's opinions, what God has to say about something. You say, thy testimonies are, so God has testimony. Let me tell you something. When Abraham was walking by faith, there was nobody recording what he was doing. I want you to remember that. When Noah was building the ark, he didn't know that people would read it later. God never told him that. You see, he was, he didn't know that he was getting a testimony before God. That's what he didn't know. His faith gave him a testimony before God. The Bible says concerning Abel, in Hebrews chapter 11, he said, God testifying of his gifts. Go to Hebrews 11. Verse 4, Hebrews 11. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. You know, some of these words should catch your attention. Underline witness if the Bible is for you. He obtained witness that he was righteous. God. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Remanto sera shala kora mante clado saloni. Mina kovri nasese shalata. Bilina fatu sero shila. Indro sambola koranki sali. Bilende, bilende biko sikatar nasela. Mituvreda mankli salanti. Shigrod santo samoshela. Broske palino. Miske Kalino, Miske Kalino, Misoravahaya. For thus saith the Spirit of God. Just like the waves of the sea, you shall be unstoppable. Say the Spirit of God. He said, For you shall come with full force. And you shall come with full force. Then like the waves of the sea that cannot be stopped. Say the Spirit of the Lord. Shegoramante Kalini. For the works that you shall do, see the Spirit of God. He said they shall be recorded for generations to read. See the Spirit of God. He said, God, testifying. You know, in your life, you have to decide the kind of applause you want. You have to decide. In your life, you have to decide that. What applause do I want? Do I want the applause of men? Listen, the world is not structured to hide God. The world is not... See how difficult it is to push a Christian material on a social media. It's so... It, sometimes, it, it, it in the hand of God. But let somebody twerk. Boom, 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 boom. Within one hour, two million views. Because of that, I was telling the ladies in the ladies' conference, because of that, no girl now wants to take a picture without doing her leg like a corner kick. <laughs> hey, now, you nice on that guy? Now, do you remember this game? Change your style, be like that. What do you, what if one day you did this thing and God said, be like that? <laughs> now, they'll have to, you know, now they have to tend yourself because the more, the more, you know, thank you, Lord. You see, 
I said, the system of this world is not built to help God. So you have to decide where you want your applause. He said, God also testifying of his gifts. So, Abel appeared in Hebrews 11. Let me tell you something. Faith. Your work of faith in God. It gives you a testimony before God. God said in the book of Malachi, he said, in that day when I make up my jewels, he said, when I make my jewels, there are people who are precious to God. There are people who are valuable to God. The world might not see them as very valuable, but to God. So you have to decide where you want your applause. Because if you, you have a testimony before God, your laurels enter into eternity. They have eternal value. The testimony of God. Listen now. Look at this, the woman who broke the alabaster box. Probably one other person had the same uh, amount of perfume or something that caused her and did something and spread herself and she was in town were like, mmm, you smell, mmm, mmm, mmm. And men testified of her that she was a great person, that she was a beautiful girl, that she was nice, that her perfume was sweet. Men testified of her that day, woman. But this other person rather put it on the feet of Jesus and even incurred the, the, Argument of the likes of Judas and other people say, ah, we could have done this. No, you know, it looked like she had wasted it. But what happened? He said, what this woman has done shall be talked about everywhere. This woman probably was not supposed to do anything serious in life. But that one action alone now moved her, uh, what she has done into a teaching manual. People teach about giving and they mention the alabaster box because of what one woman did. Her action entered into eternity. It had eternal Value. You see, the work of our faith is an eternal currency. God also testifying of his gifts. And by it, he being dead yet speaketh. Are you seeing it? I said, that work of our faith, it enters into eternity. Even though the man has passed what he did, is still speaking. Today, we are talking about Abel. Yes, thousands of years ago, what Abel did. Oh, I, 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 I know that. Abel, probably, there was no camera on him to record what he was doing. How did he feel when he was doing this to God? That nobody was watching. Nobody was watching except God. But he was raising it up to God. And all he cared was that God would like it. And God liked it. His brother didn't like it. He died, but his, his uh, offering spoke. Because when it is of faith, it enters into eternity. Look, when we, when we leave this life, what will we meet outside? When Jesus comes and go, when we leave this life, what will we meet outside? It's a combination of our faith work. We will see only our faith work. Nobody will ask, how much was the shoe you wore? Those things don't matter to angels. I mean, it's so, it's so, it's so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing that men live all their life for things they can see. Somebody does not respect somebody because with a shirt that he's wearing is costly than the other person's shirt. But these are things that, those things don't have value in heaven. Luke chapter 1 verse 14. And thou shalt have joy and gladness and many shall rejoice as the best. Talking about John the Baptist. Then he says something in verse 15. And now forget the scripture. It should never leave your mind. Verse 15 says, 
for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. Amazing. When I see these things, I, sometimes I say, he shall be great. I mean, he could have said, he shall be great. No, he said, he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. Look at John the Baptist. A man, a man who was, Bible says, in the wilderness, eating locusts and, and wild honey. And he was in the wilderness there. And all he was doing was what he was called into the world to do. Oh, Shabreza Lokavatis. What he was called to the world to do, it, 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 it kicked him. It kicked him. He couldn't be in the house again. Now, if he really wanted to do the work of God, I told you at one midweek, I said, if he really wanted to do the work of God, I mean, the advice of anybody would have been, your father is Zachariah. He's already a priest. Follow him. You understand? He will lead you into. But what God was calling John the Baptist to do, he, he, he didn't need the, the training of Zachariah. What they didn't know at that time was that the order of Zachariah and their priesthood, God was done away with it. God was starting something new with John the Baptist. God was about to do something that had not been done before. It was a record-breaking thing. So God needed a man to do something that was drastic because of his calling. So God needed John the Baptist to go into the wilderness. There are some of you sitting here. Some of you watching me. You don't know the reason why all of a sudden you don't want to be around people again. All of a sudden, you don't want to be around friends again. All of a sudden, you are losing interest in certain things. And it's like the thing is always pushing you into isolation. You always find yourself crying. And it's not like you are depressed. You find yourself crying. It's like some spiritual thing is happening. And you feel like, ah, I think I'm losing my social life. You don't know what is going on. God is pushing you into what he called you for. Bible never mentioned that any angel spoke to John the Baptist and said, go into the wilderness. No, all of a sudden, he was... He was tired of, of, of Jerusalem. He was tired of Israel. When he sees the, the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, he wants to do the work of God, but he says, no, this is not what I want to do. He moved him into the wilderness as he stayed there. Bible says, until the day of his appearing. You know, and he found out. A scripture came out to John the Baptist. A scripture came out to John. John the Baptist's life was prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. A scripture came out to him. You know, all of us have in our life a scripture that covers, remember I was talking about something, I feel like it is not me. There's a scripture that I am fulfilling. All of us, when Jesus came, he read his. And his was also written by Isaiah. The one of John the Baptist was written by Isaiah. He said, I am the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. That was said by Isaiah. I am the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness. So John the Baptist was in the wilderness crying out. And the Bible said that people left town to go. So the guy, you might not, the Pharisees will wear the big caps, they'll wear the big things, they'll wear the, the long gowns, and they are respected among the people that these are the scholars, these are the scribes, these are the guys who know the law, these are the guys who know Moses. But John the Baptist will not be respected by any of them. So God had to qualify it and say, His greatness shall be in the sight of the Lord. His greatness is in the sight of the Lord. For He shall be great in the sight of the Lord. Where do you want to be great? I'm asking you a question. Where do you want to be great? In the sight of men or in the sight of the Lord? Why are you letting people push you out of church? Because you want to feel, you know, Welcome among friends. 
he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. A man with a testimony before God is not ordinary. I tell you, a man that God testifies of is not ordinary. You know, it's not just about the miracles that God gives you. Those things, the thing you call supernatural is natural with God. It's not about the miracle that I can't share and I receive a miracle. It's not about those things. Look, let me tell you something. For God proved it with Peter. He proved it with Peter. He gave Peter the biggest catch of his life. When he finished, he said, follow me. What is he trying to say? What I have to offer is not this. What I have to offer is greater than this. It's greater than this. For it shall be great in the sight of the Lord. You know, God testified of men. And I'm shocked as God's testimony. Do you know God? Do you know God? You know what we are talking about? That God can give a testimony of a man. And God said, this man is this. I'll prefer that. I'll prefer that to people gathering and say, ah, this guy, you are powerful. Oh, this guy, you are great. Oh, this guy. No. What, where does, if God ever bears testimony of you, what will God say? Listen, I wrote this down because God said this to me. Write it down and don't forget it. Have a name with God. That is what matters. It looks simple, right? Go and think about it well. Have a name with God. That is what matters. So, it, 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 it baffles my mind. Open to Acts chapter 13. That today, Oh God, my heart is bubbling while I'm about to read this. Verse 21. You have always been patient. You have always been kind. You're consistent through the ages. Oh, what a friend of mine. And I'll remind my soul to bless you. Standing firm upon your truth. Knowing you cannot be shaken. Oh, Jesus. Woof. Okay, verse 21. Ah, Kali, 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 Barava, Salah, Jesus. He said, and afterward, now, oh, Stephen was talking. He was describing a story, right? And he says, and afterward, they desired a king, and God gave unto them Saul. Now, this is a part of the story he had got into. He started from Abraham, you know. This is a part of the story he came to. Now, look at scripture. This is God's testimony. Look at this. And afterward, they desired a king, and God gave unto them Saul, the son of Sis. Or Kish. Greek is saying Sis. But um, the uh, Hebrew is Kish. A man of the tribe of Benjamin by the space of 40 years. Now, verse 22. He said, and when he had removed him. Hold on. God removed Saul. And when he had removed him, hmm, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony. To him also he gave testimony. God testified of David. Kai. Remember in, in the book of Hebrews, he said God testified of Abel's gifts. God, ladies and gentlemen, God gives testimony of people. Listen, let that matter to you. 
God gives testimony of people. Let that matter to you. Let that matter to you beyond what people say about pastors on social media. God gives testimony of people. He said, to him he, got, he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, that, that, that shows me. You know, some people say that God loved David because David used to sing. Was David always a singer? You have always been patient. You have always been kind. You're consistent through the ages. Oh, what a friend of mine. And I'll remind my soul to bless you. Standing firm upon your truth. Knowing you cannot be shaken. Cause I've seen what you can do. And you are. In the morning I'll sing that you. Alright. So I said God gave testimony of David. Go back to that scripture. And I was teaching the soldiers one time. I said, Remember what I taught on Kingdom Order? God had to remove Saul because remember, I said, if the first fruit is holy, the lamp also is holy. Alright? So the first, or what the first looks like is what the rest will look like. So if God doesn't judge Saul, it means God approves of what Saul did. And if God, God approves of what Saul did, that means every king has an excuse to do what Saul did. So God had to judge Saul. So in the kingdom order, even though David was the second king, David became the first king because God had judged Saul. And God now made David the captain of Israel. David was a special man to God. He said, of whom God also gave testimony that I have found a man after my own heart. You know, we, we, we read scripture, we take the part we like and we leave the rest to God. The part we like is, a man after God's own heart. What about the other part? Who shall fulfill all my will? You know, sometimes I wonder how God is able to speak concerning people like this that God knows he said I know David he will do what I want I know David if I want anything I can tell David David will get, bring it if I want if I want to go anywhere I can speak to David you know God bears testimony God said it concerning Abraham he said I know Abraham he will command his house after me God had looked at Abraham's heart. He had looked at Abraham and said, hey, Abraham, once it has to do with his family, he will force you to worship me. You know? And he said concerning David, he said, David, he will fulfill all my will. He said, everything I want done, David will get it done. He can make a mistake in between, but he will get it done. His, David's focus. So you can see, when God was testifying of, of David later on, Right? Not um, when they were narrating a story. When they were narrating a story, they said what he did with Bathsheba. Okay? Later, when God was coming to give summary of David, he didn't mention it. 
It was not what God was thinking about. God was thinking about how David will fulfill all his will. Because he said that what matters to God at that time, he said, David, no, he will fulfill my will. Every other thing is Jara. We will deal with it later. Listen, David was special to God. David was special to God. All the times that David was being chased by Saul. You see the, 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 the heart of David. He said that he was a man after God's own heart. He was after God's heart. He was not after his, his, his heart. He was not after what he wanted. He was after what God wanted. You see how he got a testimony before God. And God, you know, we're going to the big part now. Now, God looked at David. And David was the king through which he mirrored every other king. So you see that God said he had given um, David an eternal covenant. So every king that came, so Solomon, he told Solomon that I've made you a king because of my, your father. Is our blessed because of your, uh, your father David. So every other king, you look as though God was comparing every other king to David. It's like David was a standard. But guess what? You see, even though David was the most accurate, oh Jesus, David was the most accurate to God in the eyes of God, David was the most accurate type of a king. David says something. Go to 2 Samuel. Chapter 23. 2 Samuel. Chapter 23. I'll start from verse 1. Look at this. He says, Now, these be the last words of David. David, the son of Jesse, said, And the man who was raised up on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob, and the sweet psalmist of Israel, said, The Spirit of the Lord spake by me, and his word was in my tongue. Now, David is coming to give another by the Spirit. He said, The Spirit of God spake by me. So this is the testimony of God, but it was coming out of the mouth of David. Remember, you can prophesy to yourself, the Lord is speaking by it's coming out of your mouth. I taught you that during Numatica. So this is one example. David was prophesying. God was speaking to David out of David's mouth. He said, the Spirit of the Lord came, um, spake by me. Verse 3, he said, the God of Israel said, the rock of Israel spake to me. He that ruleth over men must be just. Hold on. He that, that is God's perfect replica of kingship. Who is a king? God's perfect replica. He said, he that ruleth over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. And he shall be as the light of the morning when the sun riseth, even a morning without clouds, as the tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain. This is another day's topic. Verse 5. Although my house be not so with God, yet he hath made me with me an everlasting covenant. Hold on. He said, even though me, David, what he said, he said, God, this is God's criteria. God's criteria is that 
the one who rules, the one who must be king. So God's perfect expression of kingship, he said that that man must be just in all things and he must rule in the fear of the Lord. That means that man must be perfect. Then David clearly said, although my house be not so with God, that means David, although was the perfect replica of a king, was an imperfect king. That means, even though that was God's most accurate expression of kinship to Israel, it was not God's final expression of kinship. Are you getting it? So, go to Luke chapter 1, verse 32. So you see that now, David was the perfect king. Was an imperfect king. So, God would not end there. God would have to bring the perfect king. Because there is something called the kingdom of God. To Israel, David was the perfect king, was the imperfect king, but was the best expression of kingship that God could show to Israel. So that was the kingdom of Israel. But in the kingdom of God, God has to have a perfect king because God is a perfect God. So there has to be a perfect king in Israel, in, in the kingdom of God, to mirror God's... Because you see, when the, the king is just, he rules in the fear of the Lord, and everything is fine. The whole earth, everything comes back into course. Remember what he said? He said, they know no, neither will they understand. Psalm 82, verse 1. Psalm 82, verse 1. God standing in the congregation of the mighty, he judged among the gods. You see, judge among the gods. When you talk about judge, he's talking about kingship. Are you getting it? Alright, he said, God standing in the congregation of the mighty, he said, he judged among the gods. How long will you judge unjustly and accept the presence of the wicked? Selah. Then he says, defend the poor and fatherless, do justice to the afflicted and needy. He's talking about, he died among the gods, that means the kings. Deliver the poor and the needy, rid them out of the hand of wickedness. Then he says, they know not, neither will they understand, they walk on in darkness. Now he says, because of that, that means the kingship is not perfect. Because the kingship is not perfect, he says, all the foundations of the earth are out of course. So when there is a perfect king, all the foundations of the earth will come back into course. So look at Luke chapter 1 verse 32. He says, talking about Jesus, he said, he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. The Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Now, are you seeing the kind of person David was? I think the kind of person David was that God is talking about kingship and God has to use David. So David was a mighty king. But you see, he was an imperfect king. So we cannot follow David through. But there was a perfect king who came after the similitude of David. Let's go to a few mystics, alright? You, you good? Let's go to a few mystics. Okay, 
The Jews are waiting. I've taught you people this thing before, but let me show you another thing. The Jews are waiting actually for two messiahs. Because according to the scriptures, according to the Tanakh, which is the Old Testament books, the, the prophet prophesied about two, two messiahs. They prophesied about two messiahs. Zephaniah spoke of Messiah who will come after the similitude of Joseph. So there's Messiah being Joseph, then there's Messiah being David. Now, Messiah being Joseph is going to come in the similitude of Joseph. How? Among his brothers. His brothers didn't like him. They gave him up. He now went into the Gentiles, became a king in the Gentiles, among the Gentiles. So Messiah being Joseph is the Messiah who will suffer. So they said, now, there will also come Messiah being David. So Messiah being Joseph was spoken about in Isaiah 53, who had believed our report. And who is the heart of the world revealed? Surely he had borne our griefs. You understand? So that's Messiah being Joseph. He came under the similitude of Joseph. But Messiah being David will come as a king. But there's a problem. They're expecting two messiahs. What they don't know is that they actually expect the same messiah. Let's go to a few rabbinic mysteries. Now, Joseph became king in Egypt, prime minister in Egypt at 830. Jesus began his ministry at 830. So, when Jesus came on earth and he began his ministry, he had come into the fullness of Messiah being Joseph. David also became king over Hebron at 8.30. But he became king over Israel. Came in as king of Hebron at 8.30. But he became king over all Israel at 8.40. So, when Jesus began his ministry, when he came into the, his ministry as, as Messiah to suffer, he started it at 8.30. Which was Messiah being Joseph. So he's now supposed to become Messiah being David and become the king. But what happened was that in between the 30 and 30, 40, 33, he was cut off. He was cut off. So he died. So his ministry as Messiah being Joseph ended. And he finished it. So it was not his expression as a king. But you see, the Bible talks about how when Jesus died and he was resurrected, God stopped dealing with Israel. That means the calendar with which God is going to measure the 30 and the 40, the clock has stopped. God no longer deals with Israel. So the calendar, the clocking of that calendar has stopped. So the time is not ticking again to measure from the 30 to the 40. Because by the time Jesus is 40, he's supposed to be king over the whole earth. Jesus our perfect king. Our perfect king. Listen, I can't wait for the rapture of the church to meet the perfect king. The perfect king. The perfect king. The Bible talks about the kingdom age. It talks about the millennial reign of Christ where Christ will come and rule 
and Christ is supposed to rule as the perfect king at age 40. So what happens? In between 33 and 40 is how many years? Seven years. And the Bible says, after we are raptured, there will be tribulation for seven years. And between the tribulation of seven years, when you add the third, it becomes 40. Then Jesus returns for the millennial reign of Christ. Then our perfect king shows up. Jesus, our perfect king. Oh, lift your hand to Jesus, our perfect king. You know, the Bible says, even so come Lord Jesus. We are expecting our perfect king. So, don't be tired in your work. Don't be tired in your faith streams. Don't be tired in praying. We don't know when he shall come. Don't be tired in your work. Don't be tired in your faith. Don't be tired in praying. We don't know when he shall come. We are expecting Jesus. We are expecting Jesus. We are expecting Jesus. We don't know when he shall come. Then Messiah our perfect king. Everything revolves around him. You know, the Bible is full of codes and mysteries. Let me give you a bonus. Moses wrote about Jesus. You know, Jesus Christ said, it is written of me in the law and the prophets. Jesus Christ said, remember this, when I was teaching Esoterica, when Jesus Christ spoke to uh, Cleopas at Emmaus, and he spoke to them and said that, he said, he explained to them, or he expounded Things concerning himself in the law and the prophet. Now, where do you find Jesus in the law? That's the thing. He said, how did he expound to them the things that are found in the law? And the prophets. How, do you, how, how did he do that? Because when you go to the law, you don't see Jesus written there. Paul had to explain later that that rock was Christ. You understand? So, it is in puzzles. It's in puzzles. God is amazing. Let me show you something. I will use the books of the law. To explain something to you. Now, when you go to Genesis, remember what I said one day, I was teaching you something about revelations and how to know what a book is about. I said the keys at the door. So the Jews know that. So they named actually what we have in our Bible, Genesis, Exodus, that's not the actual name. They named every book after the most important words in the first line. So the most important word, alright, in Genesis chapter 1 was beginning. So the book is actually named Bereshit in Hebrew. It is named Bereshit. It's named Bereshit, which means beginning. So in beginning or in, be- in the beginning, alright, in beginning. When you go to Exodus, the word Exodus comes from actually a Greek word, echodo, which means coming out of. You see, so they use the book to give the name, but it is not so in the, in the Hebrew. In the Hebrew, it is not so. So, in Genesis, it is Bereshit. In Exodus, the word actually, go to the book of Exodus chapter 1. Now it says, now these are the names. So the actual Hebrew word for Exodus, the book of Exodus, is not Exodus. The, the word is actually 
Shemot, which means the names. I said they named after the most important words or the important word in that first line. So these are the names of the children. So the word over there is the names. So Bereshit is beginning. Exodus is names, the names. Leviticus. Go to Leviticus chapter 1, verse 1. And the Lord called unto Moses. The word over there, called. The word they use over there is a a Hebrew name, which means he called or called or God called. Alright? The word is God called. Numbers. Go to Numbers chapter 1, verse 1. Now this I'm saying you can go and research it. These are the Hebrew names of the books. What we have now is uh is like an anglicized Greek version. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, that's not the actual name. The actual name, the Hebrew actual, the actual Hebrew name is and the Lord spake unto Moses in the wilderness. So Numbers, the book of Numbers, it was later they read the book, they saw a lot of numbers and called the book of Numbers. The actual name was in the first line, which is in wilderness. Now you will notice that okay, I will go to that. So it said in the wilderness. So that's the name of the book. In the wilderness or in wilderness. Now the last book is Deuteronomy. Go to Book of Deuteronomy. These be the words which Moses spake unto all Israel. On this side, Jordan in the wilderness. Now it says, This be the word. The word over there is actually it's not this be the word, it's this be the word. Or this be the essence. The word is Devarim, which means the essence. It's like it's like the way we talk about Trinity. It's like many things, but it's one. Right? The essence is like words, but one word. That's it's a mystery. Alright? You can't understand with your mind. Use your spirit. You get it. So these are the books of the Lord. These are the books that Moses wrote. Let us take every single word and form the sentence. You will see Jesus written. In the beginning. The names, which are the names? Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Sabbath. That's what he said in Exodus. Almost all the names were mentioned in Exodus when we were moving in the wilderness. So in the beginning, the names he called in the wilderness is the word. 